0: There has been a ton of debate and discussion locally and across the state about nursing homes and the rate of COVID-19 inside long-term care facilities. Some have chalked it up to bad state policies in the spring and summer, while others have said that it's a simple matter of cases rising and facilities being ripe for quick spread. There are a lot of people who want to take state officials at their word, but reporting by Bill Hammond of the Empire Center raises legitimate questions about what the state did or does know about how many people have been infected or died at the hands of the COVID-19 virus. Today, we take a closer look at nursing homes and we talk with Bill about reporting and open-foil requests and what it all means as this debate undoubtedly continues into the spring and beyond.
1: Well, you're referring to the um, the high rate of mortality that we saw in nursing homes, especially very early in the pandemic. They were hit very hard. Um, the state has let us know about more than 7,000 fatalities, um, most of which happened in um, April and May. The, the problem, I mean, th- that number um, is way out of proportion to how many nursing home residents we have in the state, but it's it shouldn't come as a surprise that elderly people in general are super vulnerable, and they seem to be more vulnerable when they're in a nursing home. And the exact reasons for that aren't clear, but it probably has something to do with the fact that they're they're in close contact with a lot of people because they're they're so disabled they need help with, uh, some of them anyway are so disabled they need uh, help with basic tasks like bathing and going to the bathroom and eating and, and, and the only way to do that is for somebody to be in close contact with them. And not only are they in close contact but they're in close contact with kind of a rotating uh, group of people, uh, different staff people every day. Um, and some of these staff people work in more than one nursing home, and so that, that creates a, a a really high risk of infection. That um, the A lot of the controversy has surrounded how the state reports on this. They have they've been releasing only the numbers of people who die while they're physically present in the nursing home. They're not including, it's a very common scenario for somebody in a nursing home to get sick enough that they need to go to the hospital, just as they would if they were really sick at home. And some number, probably in the thousands of people who, you know, when they but before they died, they moved from a nursing home to hospital and they have not been included in the state's official nursing home tally virtually every other state that i'm aware of does not do it that way they 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 include the hospital numbers along with the people who f- were physically present in the nursing homes this has become controversial the the uh, various media outlets have been asking for it since uh, the spring the legislature asked the health department we need we need the full number the commissioner said well i'd love to get that to you but it's not ready um And then um, I also put in a FOIL, a Freedom of Information request um, in August. And the uh, health department has been kind of stringing me along, um, telling me they'll get it to me um, in a few more weeks. The most recent extension is to um, mid-January. I guess I don't know how likely it is that I'll see it in mid-January. It seems like the more likely possibility is that they'll extend it again. We have filed a lawsuit uh, on the grounds that we feel like these delays are improper under the Freedom of Information Law, and that lawsuit's currently waiting for a ruling from a judge in Albany County. Um, it's been it's been waiting for that ruling since Halloween, um, and I don't have a, a clear idea of when we're going to get when we're going to hear back.
0: It seems that there, and I want to get your thoughts on this, because you you mentioned both of these components in your first answer. One is that employees and various people who work in and around nursing homes are bringing the virus into these facilities, and it's spreading like wildfire because the folks who who are in these long-term care facilities are most susceptible. And the separate one is that the state's actions, especially in the spring, the policy decisions that they made in the spring and early summer also contributed. It doesn't seem like I've seen much crossover in terms of those two debates being brought into the same silo. Instead, they're happening next to each other, obviously parallel to one another. Do you think that's sort of contributing to the the general confusion, I guess it is, around what's actually happening with COVID in nursing homes in, in New York?
1: Well, the first phenomenon of, of staff and visitors bringing it in, that's clearly happening. Um, I don't think there's ever been any doubt that that was a major contributor. Um, there's a pretty clear correspondence to the infection rate in the surrounding community and the infection rate in nursing homes. It, it, the, the thing is that it affects the nursing homes much more severely uh, they're much, uh, residents of the homes are much more likely to, have to, to, to die as a result of getting sick. And also the disease tends to spread more rapidly. Once it gets into a home, it's very hard to control. Um, and yeah, you have uh, the, the patients aren't moving, right? They're by definition, they're more or less confined to the home. So the only uh, possible carrier of the infection is somebody who's coming in and staff come in on a daily basis. Um, And as I said before, they sometimes work in multiple homes and so they can pick it up in one home and carry it to another home. Uh, In theory, the the, the precautions they're taking, the PPE and the hand washing and and everything else uh, will minimize this, but it it doesn't see, uh, this virus seems to be very good at evading those precautions unless you're absolutely super careful. And it's very hard to maintain that discipline 24 seven. The um, especially uh, early in the pandemic, when we weren't aware of asymptomatic transmission, that it was it was basically given free reign. The virus was given free reign to spread in nursing homes. We we also have reports of people, um, nursing home staff, um, knowingly going to work with flu like symptoms at that point. Um, I don't think that should be allowed even when there's not a pandemic going on at the time this was happening, people we were it was just dawning on us that we had a problem with coronavirus. Um, so there may be underlying issues with infection control in nursing homes that need to be addressed that, that may have that may have, you know, helped contain this problem if 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 we had just dealt with them before the pandemic arrived. But those are things that are true pretty much in every state. There was one policy that was a little bit unusual. It wasn't unique to New York. Uh, it happened in late March it's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, there, there was a directive issued by the health department on March 25th, uh, which instructed nursing homes that they could not turn away um, an admission of a patient solely because that patient uh, had the coronavirus or was suspected of having the coronavirus. And moreover, they could not check by testing before accepting an admission. This uh, was pretty clear why they, they issued this. They At the time they were in, I think it's fair to say a panic about um, overcrowding in hospitals. They, uh, hospitals were filling up, especially in New York City, and they anticipated a, an even higher wave uh, that would overwhelm those facilities. And they were scrambling to create as many extra beds and to free up as many existing beds as they could. And the population they were talking about are, are people not, who were not sort of in the throes of coronavirus. These were people who had gotten through it. They, they had recovered but they were still positive because the virus lingers in your system for a while. And the state apparently had seen some instances where nursing homes were saying, sorry, we can't take that patient back until they're clear of the virus. And they, they, didn't, they couldn't tolerate, they didn't think it made sense to leave an otherwise healthy person in a, in a hospital bed that was desperately needed for sick people um, while they waited potentially uh, days or weeks for the virus to clear. The problem, and so they issued this order. The nursing homes, at least some nursing home experts, were really strongly opposed to this because they foresaw what might happen. Something like 6,000 patients actually were transferred from hospitals to nursing homes while they were positive. Under that order, and it, it very quickly became controversial because it because in some cases, I guess when we first heard about this, there was a concern that you were going to have a nursing home that was completely free of the virus and because of this policy, the virus was going to be introduced and it was going to have a chance to spread and to kill people. That may have happened. Um, it's really hard to know. I think it's fair to say that the virus was in most nursing homes before that order was issued. Um, at the time, Remember, this was March 25th. Um, we, the, the the lockdown had only started three days before. We were still, it was before the big um, and horrifying surge that we saw in New York City. We knew we were in a bad situation, but we didn't know how bad. And we also, we didn't understand much about the virus. And so I think people reacted to the idea that you would ship an infected person into a nursing home a lot of people reacted strongly to that in retrospect like i say most of the nursing homes already had the virus present and at least in the case of a a patient who was coming back from the hospital they would have been aware that, that that person had the virus and they could take extra precautions um so you you do see people especially in social media Alleging that that policy was primarily responsible for the high death rate in New York's nursing homes, I don't think, that's, I don't think there's evidence for that. I think it, it, my, my formulation has been that it made a bad situation worse. We already had a lot of virus in a lot of nursing homes. We, we were bound to have a lot of deaths as a result of that. The fact that you had 6,000 patients shipped into those nursing homes knowingly with the virus um, probably shouldn't have been done. There probably should have been some other solution um, come up with. It was done under um, very trying circumstances, uh, you know, a surge that was coming that they knew was coming. They didn't know how big it was going to be, and they were trying to clear out hospital space. I think what happened, it, be, it would have been controversial regardless, but the fact that the state has been very evasive about that policy and its impact and they've been and as we've discussed they haven't been giving us the full mortality numbers people feel like they're trying to hide something and I, I guess i have to agree that's what it looks like that they're trying to hide something um but that doesn't necessarily mean uh doesn't necessarily mean that the march 25th order is responsible for uh, most of the deaths it, it, it probably was responsible for some i don't know if we'll ever be able to figure out an exact number. Um, it would you I don't even know if it's possible to figure out an exact
0: number. Check out new episodes of FO1 Daily on weekday mornings exclusively on fingerlakes1.com or your favorite podcast listening app. The program was created by Josh Durso and Gabe Pachazio. If you're interested in hearing more episodes, visit fingerlakes1.com slash daily. We can't do shows like this one without your support, so thanks for listening, and if you can, consider becoming a supporter of ours over on patreon.com slash fl1. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow.